Chapter Thirty Six of the Double Trader by E. Phillips Oppenheim. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Tom Weiss. Chapter Thirty Six. Norgate sat down the telephone receiver and turned to Anna, who was seated in an easy chair by his side. Seligman is downstairs, he announced. I rather expected I should see something of him as I didn't go to the club this afternoon. You won't mind if he comes up. The man is a nuisance, Anna declared with a little grimace. I was perfectly happy, Francis, sitting here before the open window and looking out at the lights in that cool, violent gulf of darkness. I believe that in another minute I should have said something to you absolutely ravishing. Then your telephone rings and back one comes to earth again. Norgate smiled as he held her hand in his. We will get rid of him quickly, dearest, he promised. There was a knock at the door and Seligman entered, his face wreathed in smiles. He was wearing a long dinner coat and a flowing black tie. He held out both his hands. "'So this is the great news that has kept you away from us,' he exclaimed. "'My congratulations, Norgate. You can never say again that the luck has left you. Baroness, may I take advantage of my slight acquaintance to express my sincere wishes for your happiness?' They wheeled up a chair for him, and Norgate produced some cigars. The night was close. They were on the seventh story overlooking the river, and a pleasant breeze stole every now and then into the room. "'You are well placed here,' Seligman declared. "'Myself, I too like to be up high.' "'These are really just my bachelor rooms,' Norgate explained. "'But under the circumstances we thought it wiser to wait before we settled down anywhere. Is there any news tonight?' "'There is great news,' Seligman announced gravely. "'There is news of wonderful import.' In a few minutes you will hear the shouting of the boys in the Strand there. You shall hear it first from me. Germany has found herself compelled to declare war against Russia. They were both speechless. Norgate was carried off his feet. The reality of the thing was stupendous. Russia has been mobilizing night and day on the frontiers of East Prussia, Seligman continued. Germany has chosen to strike the first blow. Now listen, both of you. I am going to speak in these few minutes to Norgate here very serious words. I take it that in the matters which lie between him and me, you, Baroness, are as one with him? It is so, Norgate admitted. To be frank, then, Seligman went on, you, Norgate, during these momentous days, have been the most useful of all my helpers here. The information which I have dispatched to Berlin, emanating from you, has been more than important. It has been vital. It has been so vital that I have a long dispatch tonight begging me to reaffirm my absolute conviction as to the truth of the information which i have forwarded let us for a moment recapitulate you remember your interview with mr hebblethwaite on the subject of war distinctly norgate assented it was your impression seligman continued gathered from that conversation that under no possible circumstances would mr hebblethwaite himself or the cabinet as a whole go to war with germany in support of france is that correct it is correct norgate admitted nothing has happened to change your opinion nothing to proceed then seligman went on some little time ago you called upon mr bullen at the house of commons you promised a large contribution to the funds of the irish party a sum which is to be paid over on the first of next month on condition that no compromise in the home rule question shall be accepted by him even in case of war and further that if england should find herself in a state of war no nationalist should volunteer to fight in her ranks. Is this correct? Perfectly, Norgate admitted. 
the information was of great interest in berlin selingman pointed out it is realized there that it means of necessity a civil war without a doubt you believe selingman persisted that i did not take an exaggerated or distorted view of the situation as discussed between you and mr bullen when i reported that civil war in ireland was inevitable it is inevitable norgate agreed selingman sat for several moments in portentous silence we are on the threshold of great events he announced the cabinet opinion in berlin has been swayed by the two factors which we have discussed it is the wish of germany and her policy to end once and for all the eastern disquiet to weaken russia so that she can no longer call herself the champion of the slav races and uphold their barbarism against our culture france is to be dealt with only as the ally of russia we want little more from her than we have already but our great desire is that england of necessity and of her own choice should remain for the present neutral her time is to come later italy germany and austria can deal with france and russia to a mathematical certainty what we desire to avoid are any unforeseen complications i leave you to-night and i cable my absolute belief in the statements deduced from your work you have nothing more to say nothing norgate replied selingman was apparently relieved he rose a little later to his feet my young friend he concluded in the near future great rewards will find their way to this country there is no one who has deserved more than you there is no one who will profit more that reminds me there was one little question i had to ask a friend of mine has seen you on your way back and forth to camberley three or four times lately you lunched the other day with the colonel of one of your lancer regiments how did you spend your time at camberley for a moment norgate made no reply the moonlight was shining into the room and anna had turned out all the lights with the exception of one heavily shaded lamp her eyes were shining as she leaned a little forward in her chair bacco again i suppose norgate grunted certainly bacco selingman acknowledged i was in the yeomanry when i was younger norgate explained slowly i had some thought of entering the army before i took up diplomacy colonel chalmers is a friend of mine i have been down to camberley to see if i could pick up a little of the new drill for what reason selingman demanded need i tell you that norgate protested whatever my feeling for england may be at the present moment however bitterly i may regret the way she has let her opportunities slip the slovenly political condition of the country yet i cannot put away from me the fact that i am an englishman if trouble should come even though i may have helped to bring it about even though i may believe that it is a good thing for the country to have to meet trouble i should still fight on her side but there will be no war selingman reminded him you yourself have ascertained that the present cabinet will decline war at any cost the present government without a doubt norgate assented i am thinking of later on when your first task is over selingman nodded gravely when that day comes he said as he rose and took up his hat it will not be a war if your people resist it will be a butchery better to find yourself in one of the baroness's castles in austria when that time comes it is never worth while to draw a sword in a lost cause i wish you good-night baroness i wish you good-night norgate he shook hands with them both firmly but there was still something of reserve in his manner norgate rang for his servant to show him out they took their places once more by the window 
war norgate murmured his eyes fixed upon the distant lights anna crept a little nearer to him francis she whispered that man has made me a little uneasy supposing they should discover that you have deceived them before they have been obliged to leave the country they will be much too busy norgate replied to think about me anna's face was still troubled i did not like that man's look she persisted when he asked you what you were doing at camberley perhaps he still believes that you have told the truth but he might easily have it in his mind that you knew too many of their secrets to be trusted when the vital moment came norgate leaned over and drew her towards him seligman has gone he murmured it is only outside that war is throbbing dearest i think that my vital moments are now End of chapter thirty six. Recording by Tom Weiss, Tom's Audiobooks dot com.